This is Work of the Beat. It is Tuesday night, February 18, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us on your favorite podcast. At least our favorite. At least our favorite. We got a good guest tonight. Yeah, we have a real good guest. Timely. How about that? Timely. Yes. Timely and informative. Well, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Well, he will be. I might not be. Yeah. Uh, Jake Kaplan. Who was a long time, well, not a long time. Not long was, enough. That's not long problem. enough. Yeah. But was the Phillies beat writer for the Inquirer and Daily News for a while. Or for the Inquirer for a while. And then uh, was at the Daily News also. No, he was. That's a long story that right. we might get the Cliff Notes version when he comes up. One of the worst nights was in there. They came in on a Friday night about 6 o'clock. Like they do with press releases. Yeah. And they, they basically went up to Aaron Carter and Jake. And kind of said, uh, you have two choices here. You either come to work for the Inquirer or there's a chance you might not have a job in five minutes um, because of shuffling they were doing or right. getting rid of bodies or however. And they basically had five minutes to make up their minds. And they had, look, both of them had to choose to go to the Inquirer, which isn't which isn't the end. I don't mean to, to, to say bad no. about the Inquirer, but they wanted to be at the Daily News. Right. And there was a time in life when you could never make that switch. Like Ted Solari or me... Couldn't have just went to the Inquirer on a Monday and start right, but but you know the world and, changes. And then Jake went to the Inquirer, did the Phillies for a year. Yeah, and, they and took both care him of and Ryan Lawrence, both beat writers, ended up getting let go. So, Unbelievable! Uh, it's, yeah, but, but you've been through that, so I yeah. you know what it feels like more than I do. Jake ended up in Houston, worked for the Chronicle, covered that 2017 Astros team that won the World Series. Is now with the Athletic Houston. We'll talk to him about everything going on. Nice quiet spring there in West Palm Beach there for the boys uh, on the beat. And so, obviously, as this story has just completely blown up. I mean, just... We're going to keep Jake on for a while. I hope he has time. Because I got lots of questions. that he, He'll be much better, much better prepared for an answer than I could ever think of answering. So, that's uh, that's our guest for this evening. And then we'll get into other topics. We'll... Bring up Jay Wright again as Villanova heads and they will play to Paul tomorrow night. But the uh, topic du jour involving Villanova was something that came out out of uh, Forbes yesterday where uh, a reporter said that Jay was at the New York Knicks were interested in Jay kind of made it sound like Jay was interested in the New York Knicks and Jay obviously putting his house up for sale is another issue entirely he jay put his house up for sale he is putting his house up for the sale big one that they bought a few years ago that they had to fix up or whatever it was like a big, i remember him talking right off about a golf course if you if yeah I'm, but it's it's like moved from one house beautiful house i'm sure but to a bigger like kind of one of those old but jay also like a lot of people who have entered their late 50s early 60s he all the kids have moved out him and patty you, you downsizing. are downsizing so. i would be i'm gonna tell you right now on on february the 18th whatever to, I would be shocked if Jay Wright, if he's as smart as I think he is, would go up to that dog pound up there to work for that guy. And I know he loves New York. I know he loves Madison Square Garden. And I can't believe Patty would let him. Well, Patty agree, would agree to go with him. Uh, and New York's not that far. Right. I get it. But that's just my and, take on it. Like, there's two different conversations, and we've had two uh, two conversations on this, uh, more than a few conversations on it. Could Jay be tempted into the NBA? Yes. 
Now, I know our, our friend Dana O'Neill wrote yesterday, Jay's not going to the Sixers. He's not going to the Knicks. He's not going to Well, then he's not going to the NBA. If he's not going to the Sixers or somewhere on the right. East Coast, it's close. But, I mean, Dana put a blanket, it's not happening out there. Okay. I don't know. It may not happen this year. I don't rule well, it out. It's got to happen soon. <coughs> I don't be, rule it out completely, though. Excuse you, me. You want to be John Beeline? Yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, the timing of this, too, with the Beeline fiasco, and apparently uh, it's reported, I think, by Woj or Shams uh, today that uh, Beeline will be yeah. done with the with the Cavs tomorrow. The wor- it was the worst. And walking away with the, from the $5 million a year. It was the worst. Yeah, but he'll get something. He'll get something for going out. Trust me. And he'll be back coaching in college basketball, even though he's like 60. Texas? <laughs> Well, he's like 66, 67. 67, but he's got a few more years left in him, and he's a good enough coach. Yeah, I don't know about everybody. He was the flavor of the year five years ago, too. Shaka. Shaka. They are. I cannot believe that Jay would go to a situation that you aren't winning. Cleveland without LeBron. New York. Um, Washington. Name me some more. They're, they're, you know, you can put right. your, your handle on them. And he's not moving to Oklahoma City. Not that Billy Donovan's going anywhere. I'm just saying. Is he moving that to LA? happening. Well, LA's got to need a coach. No, no. But I mean, if the Lakers. I, I don't or know. The Clippers came I, 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 but there, it's not. But I, I don't know if Patty wants. All I know is that he. Two things I know for sure. He's turned down every college thing that has ever come after him. Yeah, he's not going Including Kentucky. Shop. He's not well, going for But there were college. people who had him oh, I going know. to UCLA, go, Cincinnati at one point. Somebody said Cincinnati. I said, what are you talking about? Villanova's better than Cincinnati. Like, but, but anyway, I also know that he has told people that we know very well on more than one occasion, and this wasn't yesterday, but that he would like to try his thing in the pros. That's that's where I'll leave it. I don't I don't know. I have never asked Jay that, um, and I haven't covered him in two was, years. It was left to our buddy Joe Giuliano today to ask it. And I was down at John twenty nine, so I saw the clip. And what did he say? Jay yeah, he basically said, said, "I'm not going to. I'm going yeah. not going to the Knicks. It's ridiculous. I'm not I haven't talked to the Knicks. I'm not going to the Knicks. I'm, well, his, did his name come up? Uh, he did leave out the Sixers. No, 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 no. What what, what was the job what, though? Like a year when the guy who got the Knicks job, I guess Fizdale. Like a year and a half ago, right? I yeah. think Jay's name at that point had come up. Oh, here's the other part. As much, and we both know Jay loves the garden, the building, the garden himself. Yeah, itself. He loves Jay. New, he loves, loves New York. York. Yeah. From his days at Hofstra. Right. Yeah, I have no problem with that. What do you think the most appealing job in New York is? But but the, 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 the but the Brooklyn's don't play in the garden. It ain't right. the same. It's not thing. the same. It's not the same thing. And and again, their coach isn't is doing a good job. It, Kenny it's, Atkinson. It's, it's got to be something. Nobody's going to work for James Dolan. But James Dolan might throw fifty million dollars at you. You know, like Matt Rule, and you go, okay, well, yeah. I think the only job is the Sixers. And I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not saying. I don't mean that because I when we talked to um was it I, no on Saturday I guess it was when I was on WIP with Rob somebody was saying maybe it was Robbie Ellis that the Sixers they're, they're not going to go in that direction they're not going they're going to go for a because of where they are NBA yes because of where they are and that makes perfect sense to me mm-hmm. trust me but if the Sixers at some point go to if if Brett Brown gets let go if they don't go as far as they're supposed to and they come to Jay. And say, Jay, 
Would you be interested? I gotta believe he at least listens because you don't have to move. You're hurrying in a team with two you can of stay. the best ten or fifteen players in the league. Right. You you are here, and you know you might win fifty five games and make a run of the title and next what year. What is the one thing Jay loves more than anything? Is he loves his summers down the shore? Well, I, I take Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. And I know he, Kevin, Kevin, you you start saying, if you live in New York, you can go to Summers at the Jersey Shore. But you don't have, (laughs) but also Jay loves, hold on, and this gets to the point of him staying at Villanova. Kevin, that's, that's hold on, will you let me finish? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. He loves the idea that, and he has said this in the past, of being able to throw the hat on, walk down the boards. That's fine. Nobody says a negative word. That, you know, when Villanova's time is over, people leave him alone. That's true. And so I don't think it's inconceivable that he may listen to the Sixers and you go, you know what? Who said it was inconceivable? No, no, no. But I I think some people are going, well, if the Sixers come calling, it's automatic. No, No, it's it's not not. automatic. But you're Jay Wright. You're 58 years old. 50, whatever. 58. 58. And you have a chance to double your salary, probably, close to, whatever, not move. Yep. Still walk down the boardwalk. Okay, four people might recognize you. I think anybody that recognizes Jay Wright's going to recognize him. So if a LaSalle fan sees him walking, you know, hi, Jay, he doesn't curse him out because he's Mr. Villanova. No. You have everything and a chance to do something very few people, or maybe nobody's done, at Larry Brown. Win at the pro level if you want the college level. And in hurting that team, you have a chance. You're not building you're not going to a team that's three years or four years away from winning. You're going to a team that's built to win next year. Yes, I got to believe he has to sit there and think about it. If he doesn't, that's fine. Jay says, hey, no, I'm good. That's fine too. But how many college coaches get presented that opportunity? Patino went to Boston when they were hoping to draft Tim Duncan. Cal Parry went to the Nets and drafted Curry Kittles. That was your franchise. Billy Donovan went to OKC and I think at least had a good team because he took them to the finals. Yeah, yeah, Jay, was, he had, was, he had uh, Harden and... Uh, Jay sorry, taking, would be taking over for a guy who would be deemed a failure for not getting him to a certain point. What's the worst that can happen to Jay? He doesn't win a championship? Are they going backwards? He's coached young players before. The only difference is now you're coaching guys that make more money than you. I don't know how Jay feels about that because I haven't sat in a room and asked him. I'm telling you, he has told people I know and you know mm-hmm. that he would welcome that challenge as I think any person wants a different challenge. And you're right that that challenge has to come quick because he's not getting younger. And oh. one thing we saw with John Beeline, I think John Beeline's still a hell of a coach. And if John Beeline 10 years Beeline's ago... John a great coach. And if John Beeline 10 years ago went to the NBA, it may have had a better shot of succeeding than this. Not if he went to Cleveland... No, no, but I'm saying, like, I don't think he gets as frustrated. When you're 67 and you're taking over a rebuild, you're going to get frustrated. If you're 57, you may see the end of it. Kevin, I'm going to tell you right now. You go to Cleveland. I don't care who you are. You ain't winning. John Beeline ain't winning in Cleveland. John Wooden ain't winning in Cleveland unless LeBron comes back, the LeBron of six years ago. That's the only reason Cleveland ever won because yeah. they had LeBron James. Yep. And why, when was the last time Washington won? When was the last time the Knicks won? 
I mean, you could count these franchises on your hands. Orlando. On and on and on. You can't go there and win. But if you're getting a team that's got two all-stars, Tobias is almost an all-star, you know, you got a chance. Yep. When we come back, though, we'll switch gears. Jay Kaplan from The Athletic on the strange, wacky world of baseball and the Houston Astros. That's after this. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way? This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Working to Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Working to Be podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Working the Beat podcast family. And joining us now from the cool evening breezes of West Palm Beach, site of the Houston Astros and Washington National Spring Training Camp. He's got a Slurpee in his hand, apparently. Uh, no, he's at Wawa down there. Uh, okay. A former Inquirer and Daily News writer, now working for the Athletic in Houston, it's Jake Kaplan. Jake, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on with you guys. Uh, it's like a reunion here. I love it. <laughs> Calm down. It's not that big. Calm down. <laughs> so, so how quiet is West Palm at this point for you guys? The, the Wawa right now is hopping. There's people everywhere. Um, no, it's uh, it's been pretty active with media relative to the normal uh, spring training. Um, it's weird. Some of the days are lighter than others, and, and there's not really a rhyme or reason for uh, like for example, today, uh, Tuesday was there was a lot more media than there was yesterday, Monday, and I don't really know why, because nothing happened. Um, but it's been um, it's been interesting just to see the whole the whole thing unfold the last week or so that I've been here. All right, you you have covered this team. It's what four years now. Yeah, this is the fifth season. This is the yeah. fifth season. All right. Did you suspect something was up? Um. Going back to 2017, 2018. I didn't. I didn't. Um, you know, there was there was a lot of um, that playoffs, if you guys remember, there was a lot of paranoia by all the teams. There was It made it borderline unwatchable at times, mm-hmm. how many times the, the catchers would go out to the mound to change signs. Um, so that definitely was, you know, eyebrow raising at the time and, there was always rumors that everyone was cheating, but um, I had no idea that this trash can system, um, I, if someone had told me, I don't think I would have believed it, right? Like, it's so outrageous, though. Um, so, no, I, I did not suspect anything back in 2017, but I'm also way up in the press box and not, uh, not yeah. by the dugout tunnel. And, and we should point out that since they've redone Minute Maid Park, I know since the one time I was there. And they moved the press box, correct? It's it's up way higher. It used to be the lowest press box in baseball, and now it's one of the highest, correct? Well, not I don't know, not PNC I don't know if it's or one of the highest, but it's yeah. it's probably about average now uh, in terms of height. Um, I, even the lower version of it from years ago, you wouldn't be able to hear that close. But, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that no one 
picked it up, picked up on it on the broadcast, all those, all those games, um, 78 home games. Cause three were relocated during her, Hurricane Harvey. Harvey. Um, it's one of those things that you have, you don't know to listen to it, listen for it unless, you know, you're not going to hear it unless you know to listen for it. So, um, it's pretty amazing that it was there that whole time and, and no one heard it. So Jake, as somebody who covered that and, and now we're two years removed from it, I guess, but yeah, they were in the world series last year. They were, you know, a hundred win team the year before that. hundred win last year too. Well, right. All, yeah. All the years. But when you, so when you hear the news and they tell you what happened, do, do you feel it was tainted? I mean, cause I find it outrageous and I'll get into it. We'll get into this. Obviously that the Astro players are saying, like, well, we won fair and square, even though, like, we cheated. But you, as, a, as somebody who was there observing all this, do you feel like somehow something, there'll always be, like, an asterisk next to it, even if they don't officially add it? Yeah, I don't think there's any argument that it's not tainted. Um, well, Correa made it. To the point where, like, when people <laughs> ask the players or the or the A.J. Hinch in that Tom Perducci interview, like, is it tainted? Like, I don't think there's any, like, question it's tainted. Like, it's... You're not going to get an Astros person to admit that, obviously. Right. Why would they? But like, yeah, it's tainted. Yeah. What What about? Because what I found, I think Kevin is in agreement with this. The owner just came off as a total arrogant idiot uh, for a franchise that had the incident with the relief pitcher two years ago. I believe it was two years ago. Well, or, or, so, uh, traded for Osuna. But then, then after, after the world, when when they got in the reporter's face well, about that was last year. Okay, that was last year. How, what, what did, when you're watching that, what did you think of the owner as he's saying what he said? And then, you know, Jeff Passan asked him, well, a minute ago, you said, you know, it had no impact. Like, what was your thoughts? Is you, Cause you had to write about it, I'm sure. But what, what were your thoughts yeah. on that? In the moment I thought he misspoke. And as soon as he said it, I thought he was going to get crushed for it. And he did. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine he actually believes that. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe in his mind he thinks they win the World Series anyway, but but I, there's no way you can claim that it didn't impact the games because clearly it did when you know what pitch is coming. So, yeah, I I I would. It, it struck me as him misspeaking, especially because a minute later he didn't even seem to remember saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it, it was about as bad of a press conference as you could as you could do for. Um, an owner of a baseball team embroiled in the scandal. Um, it's interesting too, because like that whole, that press conference overshadowed everything else. And so no matter what the players said in the clubhouse, the, the owner saying that was the story of the day, which, you know, in retrospect, if the Astros, you know, they, they had a month to plan this PR strategy for that first day of spring training, they should have just opened the clubhouse and said, go talk to the players. Um, because the players came through, I thought as a lot more, um, you know, in different to varying degrees, remorseful and sorry, you could, you could read it on some of their faces, I thought. So, um, I thought that was an interesting, how, how that backfired on them. Jake Kaplan from the athletic Houston joining us covers the Astros used to cover the Phillies. He didn't have, he'll always be a daily news guy. Didn't have this trouble with Pete McCannon or Ryan Sandberg. I used to sit next to Mike Kern in the daily news. How about that? That's That's right. And if the Phillies had cheated while you were covering them, they would have finished fourth instead of fifth. Is that pretty much (laughs) like what that would have amounted to? And you would have heard the, the, the sound of the banging in that place. (laughs) It would have echoed. Well, that's yeah. the that's the thing is like that 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 Chicago White Sox reliever Danny Farquhar, who, yeah, who heard it in September. I think it's September twenty first. 
if you look at that game, there's no one there. And so like that was why I think you could hear it. Was that the, was that right after the hurricane? <laughs> uh, like three weeks after. OK, I, so people had other priorities at that point, too. I mean, that's true. That's a good point. But it's also the White Sox and they'd already clinched the division, division and uh, clinched home field. Right. Yeah. So I don't I, I wonder if that's the only reason he could really hear it. Jake, when you one of the things that came out in the Manfred report last month was this chastising of the organization's culture, uh, especially with Jeff Luno, um, maybe even more to AJ Hinch, but Jeff Luno, especially in the front office. And, you know, we talked about the report, uh, you know, the assistant GM who, who got fired last year and, you know, they had the Verlander incident last year, you know, with, with denying the reporters, how toxic is that culture in a way, or was that culture? Yeah, it's, you get varying, um, reports of it when you ask people, um, a lot of people didn't, were, weren't, you know, too forthright about it to some media members until the Taubman incident. It seemed like, um, it seemed like there was a lot of stuff under the surface that came out after the Brandon Taubman incident in October, uh, in the, the clubhouse there. So, um, you know, it's, you know, I think we we tend to paint things with a broad brush, and they definitely had a culture issue in that front in that front office under under Jeff Luno and Brandon Tallman. But, um, you know, I think it's a lot more nuanced than that. And there was, you know, there's they they did do um, you know some things that changed the game right. while they were there. Um, but you know, I think obviously when you treat people the way that they did in October. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty terrible and you're not gonna, you're not gonna make any friends doing that for over years and years and throughout the game. And given the way that the players around major league baseball have spoken up and some of them have gone over the line too. Uh, you know, was it Mark Akis this morning saying they all should get beaten, beaten and all that. I mean, is, I think it almost is just the reflection of that culture that was there. And now everybody's just kind of dogpiling a little bit on it too. You know that that they see they see blood in the water and they're going to pounce for people they didn't like in the first place. Yeah, I think I, I do think there is like a different culture. Like I don't think the culture is the same in the front office as it is in the clubhouse. I, I think they're two different things. And in the clubhouse, you know, for years and years, all we heard about was how great the culture was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think it's more of. The, the cone of silence that led to this um, where, where Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora, who have been identified as the ringleaders in this, were able to, to get this going and no one spoke up because that's the clubhouse culture. That's the way in baseball for some reason. Um, I don't think that has anything to do with the front office. I think like they're kind of separate right. things, but they've become, they've, they've come together because the Astros have had multiple scandals in a short period of time. Um, and because of the Wall Street Journal report that uh, linked the front office um, with some of the sign stealing stuff and, and developing a, uh, an algorithm uh, through Excel. Which ties into my next question. Who looks worse out of this, Jim Crane or, or Rob Manfred right now? <sighs> I would say Jim Crane, but I think you could argue Rob Manfred. I, I don't know. I, I, I um, I think a lot of what he said has made sense to me. Um, the logic of why he doesn't take the titles away and he, he did. Yeah. And why he didn't punish the players because they would have 
you know, the players didn't have any notice that these were the rules. Once he sent out the memo, that was the job of the GM to send it to the manager who then would send it to the players and it never got past the GM. So um, he would have lost all the grievances as, as his argument. So, I mean, I think, I don't think anyone's looking good here, obviously, but I, I would say Jim Crane just because, um, you know, I do understand some of the, the logic, um, you know, the legal stuff behind it. Jake, you know, we've bandied this back and forth a little with a lot of different answers. I've heard it on talk radio also that if this had happened in Philadelphia, you know, how would we feel as a fan base? How does Houston as a fan base kind of treat this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's as you, I think it would be anywhere, there's different factions of fans. Some, you know, there was a news yesterday or today that a fan is suing the Astros. So you have that. There's For what? He won a World Series. <laughs> For raises ticket prices. <laughs> yeah. Um, a season ticket holder. And there's, there's season ticket holders who have tried to get out of their season tickets. There are fans who are who don't see anything wrong with anything and and will you know tweet at reporters that their feelings <laughs> about the media like you and <laughs> and uh, yeah i don't look at my mentions anymore we'll put it that way smart move uh, and uh yeah i mean it's all over the place right like there's different degrees some fans aren't sure what to do some fans are are going to be loyal to the team and support the team no matter what um, you know, I think that's just the nature of fandom. I mean, they, it is short for fanatic for a reason. And I think it would be that way, uh, most anywhere, honestly, where, where, I mean, do they know as a group what they're going to walk into every time they go on the road, the rest you know, this year, maybe even for the rest of their careers. And do they know to be kind of loose in the, in the batter's box with a lot of pitchers coming up? I don't think they know exactly what to expect. Um, you know, I think so. There's six position players left from that team on the team. So, I mean, yeah, I think that they're, they're fielding all the questions about retaliation and what, what's going to happen. What do you think? So, yeah, they're definitely aware of that. Um, but I don't think anyone knows what it's going to be like when they go to Oakland for that first series, when they go to Anaheim for the second series. How about the, the first pre How about the first exhibition game? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Are, I mean, I those don't. Those are tough. Yeah. They don't play. They don't play. Oh, that's harder. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of backups in those games. Sure. Um, maybe it's one or two starters, but you know, it's they have six weeks down here, so they stagger uh, when guys make their first spring their spring debuts. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think they know. And it's you know, I was talking about this with someone tonight. It's interesting. Um, you know how different it's interesting to me. Maybe it's interesting to no one else. How different the the players who have left the 2017 Astros um, versus the ones who are still in the Astros are kind of looked at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like those players who are gone, just kind of do their thing and, and move on with their careers, um, and aren't really like dealing with the same scrutiny, but the ones who are still here, um, whom, you know, in, if you believe Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve's case, didn't even use the trash can, uh, are dealing with this, this, you know, huge onslaught of their own making. But it's just interesting that, that the players who have left kind of get out of it. Um, I don't know. It's something I was thinking about earlier. I, I just well, found interesting. No, and I, I find that interesting, and especially when you consider a guy like Altuve and, and look, whether he did or didn't, 
I don't think anybody's really ever going to know. It's easy for somebody in that clo- uh, locker room to say, "Now nah, he didn't do it because you know you're in the locker room," and he's kind of become Mister Astro. Jose Altuve was on a Hall of Fame path here, and yeah. you wonder, you wonder how much this tarnishes him, and and if he was an innocent bystander, it kind of is damning to the rest of his teammates that they've they've kind of lumped him in whether they know it or not, you know, indirectly, you know? Yeah. I mean, even if he didn't use it, he still benefited from it. Yeah. He got a ring. He he, he, got a ring, but even like in the, in the season, he gets more runners on base in front of him. He gets better protection. There's he's hitting in a better lineup uh, because of it. So um, he still benefits from it, but um, yeah, I mean, I think all the Hall of Fame stuff for him is probably a little early anyway. He's, no, but he's on a path. I mean, he would. Yeah, he's he would he would he, he's on a trajectory. But um, yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, it it remains to be seen how we're going to look back on this era. You know, um, is is what happens in the next year? I think is going to be is going to be key to that. And what else we learn, and and if anything else comes out, um, it's. It's it's hard to really assess in the moment, I think. Jake, one of the, the interesting figures in all this, I find, is Justin Verlander, who gets there, you know, halfway through the season, and he's always looked upon like a you know, moral compass kind of guy or whatever. Gets there at the very last minute. <laughs> well, he got there at the All-Star break, right? No, he got there August 31st. It was that late? Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but whatever. And, you know, I, I just, and then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think you so you walk into a clubhouse and you find out. Oh, by the way, we're we're banging things here. And just, I don't know. And a guy like him just says, "Okay," like, and I guess maybe that's the way it works. I I just, I just find it hard to believe that nobody. And I supposedly Hinch went in like twice and bashed something or whatever. And I still can't believe that AJ Hinch can't walk in and say, "Guys, we ain't doing this." Um, I can't either. Yeah, that, can't that's either. what I just can't imagine that even if that some of these guys who now are so remorseful and whatever could say, hey, no, you know, we're a real good team. We, we and, and we'll never know if they would have won it without it. And it doesn't really matter now. But that's the part that really strikes me as funny. Is it, you know, everybody went along with it at the yeah. time. Yeah. No, it's I, I. That's something I keep coming back to is I still can't believe AJ Hinch didn't stop it. Knowing, uh, knowing him for covering him for four years, it just doesn't square with what I thought would happen in that scenario. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just I think it speaks to the baseball cone of silence in these clubhouses. Um, you know, I think it speaks to the par- level of paranoia in the game at that point. You know, if you convince yourself that everyone's doing it. Um, you know, that, that plays into it, I think, but yeah, I I don't, yeah, it, it doesn't, it's, that's the part that we may never really truly understand because, um, it doesn't really make sense. Speaking of not understanding, and and I'm not always the brightest light bulb in the, in the room, explain Altuve's coming down the third baseline last year after he hits that home run, cause I ain't buying the tattoo. I'm sorry, but I mean, does that make any sense at all, or, or does he realize how stupid that whole thing looks? Well, I saw the tattoo; it is real. Yeah, um, I know. But yeah, I don't know what that was. Um, it, it 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 was strange for sure. I, I I also don't understand. Like, I don't understand how you would have a buzzer. 
um, system in a, mm-hmm. in an era when they have eight second delays on every TV. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I keep thinking about is if, if, you know, in the past they, they didn't police that stuff, but now they made it so that there's eight second delays everywhere. So I don't really understand how you would have a buzzer system. Also mm-hmm. the, also the buzzer, the one thing that flaws against the buzzer system, buzzer system, I could speak is came out fine. Have you ever been in a ballpark and tried to get a cell phone signal in a crowded ballpark like that? How is a buzzer going to work? I mean, seriously, you hate saying it that way. But with all the radio waves and everything going on, you know, in, in a park like that, it's tough to get it to operate correctly. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's been there's definitely been times where I was was not sure. Uh, I'm still not sure that the buzzer thing's not real, but I really don't think it was real. And uh, I also think that was a a really poor pitch by our oldest Chapman. We kind of lose sight of that. <laughs> yeah. like he threw a, a bad slider over the, over the plate when there's two out and the worst hitter on the team was about to pinch hit after Altuve and Jake Marisnik. So um not sure. I understand like. Although, that although I'll either, tell you what, but I'll tell you what, that, that, that look that Chapman gave after that pitch looked like a guy. Yeah. Like, you knew what was coming, you know, just that's what it always looked like to me, at least back here. Yeah, and his, I think he gave a quote after the game where he said, like, he couldn't believe it. But I don't know. I, I just don't I, – I, you know, if I, I just tend to think that the buzzer thing seems a little too far-fetched for me. Couple, uh, do you think – all right, we know the, the Red Sox are involved, obviously, in something like this. Does people within the Ashers organization believe other teams will eventually get revealed out of this? I don't think anyone knows. I think there definitely was a sense that this was like a huge issue around the game. Um, whether that was, I don't know if anyone was doing anything as egregious as the trash can thing, but like it was definitely the wild west out there for a while in terms of, um, you know, MLB not really policing this or understanding that it was an issue. And I think Rob Manfred even mentioned that, or acknowledged that to Ken Rosendahl. Right. In a, in a story today, he wishes they had acted on this sooner because uh, they opened the replay rooms in 2014. Um, you know, you're putting the most competitive people on earth and, and, and you know, and basically opening the door to them cheating and, and expecting them not to. Yeah, um, five steps away, too, from the dugout. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think... It definitely seems like it was the Wild West out there, but it's also been just different layers of cheating. And, um, you know, what the Astros did is just, is you know, it seems to be the top level of it from, from what I could envision. All right, Jake, you followed the NFL, and you know that commissioners, commissioners, the the wind blows and, and people get angry with them, you know, and, and then it dies down and all that. Does Rob Manfred, who has had a bad year between the, 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 the playoff system stuff Referring to the trophy as a piece of metal, all this, and, and, the, and the lack of suspensions or whatever, at least in the public's eye. Do you think he still has the confidence around baseball, though, to be the commissioner? Um, As long as the owners are making money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not all that it really boils down to. That's true. Um, he CBA is going is into a CBA too. talk, though, which could yeah. get a little rough. But he also clearly won the last CBA talk, right? True. Um, so, yeah, I think as long as he's making money for the owners, that's, that's all they care about. So how do you expect, Jake, if, if this season to play out for the Astros? Are they going to be one of the best teams in baseball again? 
Do you think this will take a toll? Uh, do you think it'll work the other way? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't either. I, on like a pay, on paper, they have one of the best teams, but this is going to be a mental grind like any like no one's seen before. I don't think. Like you know, I, I don't know how you can't really predict the psychological part of of this season for them. Um, you know, and they they did really. Uh, AJ Hinch was beloved in that clubhouse. So how do they respond to to Dusty? Um, to Dusty, and, and not only to Dusty, but like the fact that they got AJ Hinch fired. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think anyone can really predict the the mental aspect of it and how it's going to go. But on paper, um, you know, they ha- it's it's them, the Dodgers, and the Yankees again as the three, you know, super teams, so to speak. Um, and this might really be the Astros' last best run at it because George Springer is a free agent after the season. And that'll be interesting to see how all this stuff plays into somebody like Springer. You know, if Springer has a down uh, uh, less than what he's had year this year, it may hit, it may hit his pocketbook too. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, every every walk year it does right, but it's going to be like the first the, the the one or two players who slump in April. You know, it's going to be all this speculation about were they ever really that good, you know? Um, and, I mean, obviously we don't have any – MLB said that they didn't cheat in 2019. So, I mean, obviously it seems like a lot of people don't believe that. But, um, you know, it's just going to be – the perception will be really interesting if a guy slumps or if a guy's really good early. Um, I think there will be grand conclusions drawn from small sample sizes one way or the other. Are you, uh, how much do you miss Philly at this point? <laughs> I, I always miss Philly. Um, I miss Mike Kern. I miss Kevin Cooney. Wow. Well, okay. Uh, now you're lying. <laughs> he sat next to me for like two years. <laughs> I, was, I was like, he, you miss, you he, miss, he came to me for like when he had questions, I was the guy helping him out. You That's, miss Salisbury You miss Zalecki. And, and I came whole, to Mike, I, I came to Mike Kern for peanut butter whiskey. <laughs> what? Peanut butter whiskey? <laughs> what is peanut I forget, butter whiskey? I don't know. I don't, I don't. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, no, never mind. Uh, there's a, there's a joke there, I and I'm know. gonna get in trouble if I say it. So. <laughs> um, no, no, I do miss Philly though. It's it's. Uh, I I I wish I was you know still working there. I but you have Jack in the box in Houston. Yeah. And you have that Tex Mex. What was that great Tex Mex place we went to? Right, right around the corner. The from chain. Um, Bujos. Bujos. Jack in the Box in Houston. Papados. Papados. I'm sorry. Papados. Yeah, I went to that Jack in the Box. Man, I hopped on that little train. Four stops into the ghetto. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Nobody would go with me. Yeah, because it was. It's a generic I, fast food. I survived. Go ahead, that Jake. Go ahead. I've been to Jack in the Box. A grand total of zero times in Houston. Yeah, okay. It's fine. So, Final question. But, How are the Knits going to do this year coming up? I don't know. Um, is your boy still blocked you on Twitter? No, he has not. He is he not. You? He unblocked me. Oh, that's nice of him. Um, <laughs> when I stopped covering him, he unblocked me. <laughs> you know? Maybe that's a good, maybe that's a good omen. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe that's a they sign. Get the buck, they get the Buckeyes at home. Yeah, they year. do get the Buckeyes at home. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I'm. I. Uh, I don't follow it as closely as I used to because ba- because the Astros play in October every year, and then by the time it's over, 
Penn State has one or two losses, and it's hard to get into it, you know? Um, but, <laughs> dude, um, dude, dude, remember, <laughs> we had it five straight times up here with this, so I know how you feel. By the time you looked yeah. up when when the Phillies were done, Notre Dame was out for me, so. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been more so following the Sixers um, and and yeah. baseball. Jay Kaplan of the Athletic Houston. Jay, enjoy the Wawa. Enjoy Wawa. Enjoy West Palm. It's not Clearwater, I know, but it's not bad. So it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not Clearwater, but it's not bad. No, nope. Jake, I appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you soon. Stay good. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Take thanks, Jay Kaplan from the Athletic in Houston. Isn't West Palm better than Clearwater? Um, I mean, in terms of um, no, it's more. It's a higher rent level, isn't it? Like a I always thought, or is that Palm Beach? Am I getting this Palm too Beach. confused? Palm Beaches. Okay. Okay. See, I'm not a big East Coast of Florida. Fan. Neither am I, but I'm just saying in terms of area code or right. zip code, I'm guessing there are some places over there that are, even though we like Clearwater, would not Clearwater on its fanny. You I'm know? sure. Yeah. Well, um, you're, one thing you said before we talked to Jake, it's not going away. Well, it's not going to go away. But it'll go away to certain degrees. Again, depending upon how the season goes, I think, too. I mean, at some point, it might take a year, but it won't be the focal point of everything. Mm-hmm. It'll still be an underlying... Everybody's going to take shots at them. You know, the first... Altuve goes over for 4 They're going to... But if, allegedly, they didn't cheat in most of 2018 and 19 then what we're talking about is something that happened, you know, two years ago. And so if a guy has a bad year this year, why didn't he have a bad year the last two years? I mean, I think it's going to be a total mental thing with them, like Jake said. How do, Every series they play, for the most part, is going to be like the World Series for the other team. We should point out that the Phillies will play them in Houston July 7th through 9th. It's not the same. Not the same. Not the same. Uh, they are in Washington over the 4th of July. Yeah, okay. Which ought to be yeah. interesting in a but lot of see, Washington, well match. If I'm Washington, what do I care? I beat them. You know, the only team, to me, the teams that should be most upset are obviously the Dodgers and the Yankees. And the Yankees get them uh, they, at home in September. Right. It's It, it, it could be, a, and they get, them, they get them early in Houston. Yeah, they like get them April. early in Houston, but September 22nd through September 24th. Do they play the Dodgers at all? I'm looking at that right now. They're the only, to me, they're the only two that matter. Who else did they beat in those playoffs? Uh, Cleveland. Okay, then Cleveland. So you have you have three teams that, but they like whip the crap out. And and Oakland, Oakland will be interesting because Oakland, yeah, sure, with the division games. I mean, and I thought Aaron Judge had some really interesting comments today, and he wasn't ranting and raving. He wasn't talking about beating people up. But he said, you know, their first road game, by the way, is in Oakland on March. You can make the argument that Altuve might have won the MVP that year instead of Judge because he had help. We'll never know the answer to it unless somebody writes a book. Um, I I will say this. If if somebody had beaten the field, like let's say 2009, for instance, and the Yankees, it came out that the Yankees had cheated in the same manner. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia fans would be... I rate beyond I rate. I I know how we are. We we would never let the Yankees forget it. We would never. And every time we played them, it would be like a it would be like a 
you know, seventh game of the World Series. It would be, it would be, of course, the Phillies then would stink a few years later. But you know what I'm saying? It's it's just the teams that were. I mean, and the Dodgers and the Astros might never play each other this year. Not unless they, they unless they, they, the unless they meet in the World Series, and that probably won't happen. But it could, I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, at some point, it will. You know, the first time an Astro player gets hurt, gets hit. Somebody made a great point today. And they said, all this is doing is helping the Astros again. Mm -hmm. Because now the umpires are going to be on edge of the throwing of somebody. And he said, it's going to take away from pitching inside against the Astros. Now, I don't know if that's 100% true, but maybe there's a little truth to that. Maybe there is. You know, so Altuve or Correa or, or, you know, they can maybe not worry so much about getting jammed inside. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, are the Astros going to start out 20 and 20? Are they going to start out thirty and ten? I I don't have the answer to that. Um, but you know, it, it's not going to be pretty. No, but at some point it will go away. It'll calm down. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it'll calm down. You know, mm-hmm. until they play the until they play the Yankees in September in New York, and then, and then you know it was up fun. again. I I hate saying it, and this is something. It's good for sports to have villains. Always, always. And it got to the point where I looked for that series at Yankee Stadium, and I looked that Monday night game. I looked for tickets, yeah, right. because because you want to see the show, you want to see what's going to happen, you want to see well, what the circus you, will be like. It's going to be on ESPN, so I'm sure you can sit at home and get a much better view of it than you would get if you paid a couple hundred bucks for a seat at Yankee Stadium. You can Just, get tickets for forty. For what? Forty. You can get tickets right now for that game. Yeah, I get them. Because it'll probably be worth more than 40 by the time the game comes around. Now they're upper deck. Well, I figured that. Right. $40 to go to Yankee Stadium? I didn't think you could For- get, get in for 40 uh, 40 to sit upstairs and 45 if you... 45 to park. And fifty. I was going to say, 50 to park, <laughs> 20 for a hot dog, 30 for the beer. You know, but yeah, if you can get in there for 40 bucks, and you really Monday night in September is not usually a big night for... Yeah, but for the for the Astros, for the Astros, I mean, it will. When be. people catch on to that, oh yeah, and and if got like let's say for the sake of argument, they're two of the three best teams in the American League at that point, which they could be. I you know they could be on a collision course to meet in the playoffs. That then it'll really get big because that's what New York does. New York makes things big. It'll you know. Uh, we are going to shift gears. Sixers are still in the All Star break. They're back on Thursday night against uh, Brooklyn. I'll be at that game. Um, Is it Thursday night? Thursday night. Why did I think? Okay. Saturday night they're in. Uh, Saturday night they're in Milwaukee against uh, Giannis. How, how about me? I took the Flyers tonight, and the, on the Betters Insider, mm-hmm. and they were winning two nothing. I, I don't know Columbus's. I might have mushed them. Well, the Flyers were minus one fifty nine. Okay, they beaten Columbus in their first two meetings. The first of a back to back. They played tomorrow night in Columbus. Flyers are pretty good at home, right? They they they're close to the Sixers. Now, not the Sixers, but and they and Columbus has lost like five straight. Yeah, and the Flyers are at a point right now where they're making their push. I mean, they're we're a week shy of the trade. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to win tomorrow night back in Columbus, but no. But, they, but tomorrow night they might be getting. They might be the uh, the underdog. I don't know. Give a half a puck. Half a puck. Two nothing. Actually, move away through the second. They scored twice in like the first four minutes. Um. Columbus hasn't given up like more than three goals in like like ten games. Or what something. what did you make of um, what did you make of the NBA All Star Weekend? Don't care. 
or the All-Star game? Don't ever ask me about anything to do with an All-Star game, pretty much, unless maybe it's the baseball. I don't care. I don't care. It, it's not for me. That game is not for me. That game is for people who want to see the stars. Supposedly, the uh, slam dunk thing was a fiasco. It was. the guy Gordon got ripped off. How was. can you run something and have it turn into a fiasco? Like, to me, that just that, that that's on the league. You know, you have months to plan this. You have whatever, and then the guy loses it. Everybody said should have won. So, okay. Then they put in this new format in the game, and everybody said it seemed to work, that they were actually playing. Yeah, the fourth quarter was really good. Okay, and that's fine, but exhibition, like, you know, because I come from an era where when they played the baseball All-Star, which was the biggest All-Star game, they cared. They were trying to win because they never played each other. So Willie Mays never played against Mickey Mantle. Or unless they played in the All Star game, that was you know when they played, and Sandy Koufax got the throw against Carl Yastrzemski and stuff like that, and and now it's just you know I mean it's all gimmicks. The hockey one has gimmicks. Uh, the NFL, who can watch the NFL? Nobody wants to hit in that game. No. Football's about hitting. <laughs> so yeah. and it's the week before the but, Super Bowl. But if the one. people that care about that were happy with the way it worked and the whole festivities and Stephen A. Smith's coaching against and getting a technical, by the way, Stephen, please, but let's, let's, you got to get him on here. It's, I like Stephen, but there are times when he goes over on purpose and he's doing it on purpose because he's Stephen, just like the ding dong, um, from Dallas, uh, skip, skip. It's all orchestrated people coward. It's all orchestrated to get people to Clicks or hits or whatever the hell you want Coward. to call it. I think Colin used to be good 10 years ago, and then he's become the same thing. Um, but if the people who are into that enjoy that, because it's supposed to be a star-studded event, and you get mm-hmm. to see all the guys you want to see, then that, you know, that's fine. Uh, you know, but the, when the big headline coming out of the weekend is Gordon got ripped off in the in the dunk, I'm like, huh? Like, what <laughs> You know, and a kid from Chester won it, apparently. Yeah. yeah. kid from Carroll. I mean, you know. By the way, we should point out, Wednesday night is the best night of basketball in the city of Philadelphia. Okay. What? Catholic League semifinal night at the Palestra. And I heard Ryan's involved. Ryan is involved. And after losing their best, their, their top score, how is that possible? It's. And, and the coach is uh, one of the Glinskys, right? Yep. Okay. Ryan and well Wood Roman Ryan. I'm trying to remember the order. Newman Gretti's in it. Uh, that sounds I think right. Ryan's playing Newman Gretti. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on here. Uh, and the prep ain't in it. That's you know. Yeah. That, well, I know. Hey, look. I'm just saying. I mean, Speedy still has a playoff games left, right? He's he's going to be in the. Uh, I think he'll be in the. Yeah. Hold on here. Master schedule. It's uh, Ryan and Newman at eight. Wood and Roman at uh, at uh, six six thirty. Yeah, which means six thirty nine. Usually know. by their time they're done. And then yeah. next Monday is the final at the Palestra. So yeah. I'm assuming Goretti and Roman are favored to be in the final. No, Goretti. Uh, I'm sorry, Goretti and Wood. Wood. What well, is the top lost? seed? Roman was five. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just assumed that Roman no. was. Okay. So, Roman was, Archbishop Wood, school from out in the, in the hinterland. They are really good. They are yeah. really good. Okay. Although they, they had Carroll in the first round and, and won in overtime. So, 
Okay. Uh, and as the District 1 playoffs going on, if you're a big fan of of, of hoops, I cannot uh, I cannot more strongly say this is a, the best time of year for you uh, between the high school hoops going. We're getting to the end of the college season. Except I still think there's too many playoffs. When, when you're playing playoffs in the middle of February, I don't know. It's, that's just, I don't know. Well, it's over second or third week in March. Well, it used to go till when I covered it, it was the week before the NCAA's Final Eight, maybe, or it was at least the week before the Final Four. I know that. But it didn't start till like March 1st. You know, it, 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 they, you played regular season till like close to the end of February. I don't know. The whole world is playoffs now. Seasons mean nothing in almost any sport. They really don't. You know, in the NFL they do, obviously, because you're playing college football. It does. That's why I think college football is neat. Um, college basketball regular season, really? Okay. You know, Villanova's lost four or five games and are still a four seed. Yeah, and we should point out. We should Which point is fine. Out. I got no problem with them being a four seed. We, we but- started the show talking about Villanova and potentially going in um, – Going as, um, uh, you know, with Jay Wright and Jay's name being linked to the NBA. The latest Joe Lenardi uh, bracketology was out this week and or was out yesterday. Has Nova as the four seed. Has him going to Tampa. Yeah, yeah, I, I have no problem with And going a, to the West. But I'm just saying they've, they've, they've lost is it three or four or four or five. Three or four. Three or four. Okay, I'm just saying. And you're allowed to lose three or four. This is one of the weirdest college basketball seasons I've ever seen. Yeah, because I'm not Baylor sure I, trust been the, I was just going to say. Baylor has been, sure. I think Baylor's pretty good, but I think they're Baylor. And people, well, they're Baylor. You know, they can't, whatever. I saw Baylor early, and they were pretty good. In a year where there's, UNC isn't even going to go to the tournament unless they win the ACC. Duke, I mean, Duke's still Duke, but it's not Duke. Um, Kansas is Kansas. But how many times does Bill Self lose early in the tournament? Lots. Well, here's, um, here's your four number one seats. Tell me how you I like it. I can tell you. Gonzaga, um, the Bowers, mm-hmm. Kansas, and um, missing somebody. I don't know. Who, who's the fourth? San Diego State. Yeah. So, I mean, in the East. It doesn't matter where they are. They're, 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 you know. But, yeah, that's because Gonzaga will be in the West, and Gonzaga is probably ahead of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, who's the four twos? Duke's one Duke, of them, you I believe. Duke I, is one. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm, I don't want to waste everybody's time trying to figure these. Florida State. Yeah, okay. Maryland. Okay. Dayton. Okay. And I was just on the phone with somebody today who's a Maryland guy and says, they ain't that good. Because <laughs> I no, said, what do you think about the year your team's having? He goes, geez, they fall behind by double digits every game. And your threes? You always look at the top four seats in every quadrant, okay? That's kind of how I always base it. Your threes right now are West Virginia. Which which has been struggling lately, by the way. Yep. Seton Hall. Yeah. Louisville. Yeah. Who's yeah, fallen to a three. They've lost a couple of games. And Penn State. Yeah. And it's it's sort of legitimate. Right. And your fours are Creighton, Kentucky, Auburn, and Villanova. And I would submit to you that that's the weakest top 16 teams and I'm not taking anything away from those teams. I don't mean it that no, way. No, I know. It's the weakest top 16 there's nobody that there I can to, remember. There's nobody there that you go, wow. But usually there's more than one wow. Yeah. There's like three wows. There's like, yeah, Duke's there's really good. Uh, I, I don't know. Pick out 
three of the usual suspects. Michigan's really good. Villanova's, um, yeah, exactly. It's just, which might make for a fun tournament. I mean, you know, because everybody's going to be picking against those teams. Like, nobody will have one seed. And I tend to think, this is just me now, I think Baylor's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think Gonzaga's pretty good. We never see Gonzaga. Who sees Gonzaga play a game? Seriously. Nobody. Nobody stays up till 10 o'clock to watch a West Coast Conference game. I'm not sure about San Diego State. I mean, I don't. I just don't know how good they are, but they're unbeaten. So, I don't know. Well, all right. Ten from the Big Ten as of now. Yeah, Big Ten's pretty good. Seven from the Big East. Yeah, yeah it's probably one too many, but the rest of the country's down. ACC's only getting how many? Four? ACC has four. Yeah. When, the, when was the last time the ACC and, has four? And Virginia's the la- one of the right, last they're on four the buys. Yeah. But when was the last time the ACC had four? They won the national championship last year. Carolina won it the year before that. No, two years before that. Right. Because Villanova won in between year between those. Yes. And Duke won the year before. The the year before Nova. No, 14. They won in 14, I think. They won in 15. God. Now you're going to make me think. Duke either won in 14 or 15, but I thought it was 14. But I could be wrong. Um, But anyway. I mean, and the AC, and you know, and I don't know how good Florida State is. I, don't, you know, these are all teams that you've that you really don't know anything about, right? And it's a, you know, it's interesting because and college basketball is down, which I think is part of the problem. Well, look, A ten has two, Southern has two, Mountain West two, West Coast Conference two, American, or, I'm sorry, West Coast Conference has three, the American is three, um. Yeah, you know, and these are going to fluctuate. I think in some way. I think the American could it's probably sneak a cl- it's probably close to being what it is, though. You know, I mean, somebody could always, yeah, do something in their tournament that changes things. But you know, but the SEC and the ACC were four each. Yeah, and the Pac-12, which has had trouble getting a second one in some of these years, now with five. Yeah, but are they any good? I mean, I'm I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, the two best teams out of the Pac-12, Oregon and. Colorado, are they the two best? Uh, Oregon's a five. Colorado's a five. Yeah, they're probably the two best. So yeah. you're getting five, but you know, half of them be favored. Arizona's a five. Yeah. So you know, Arizona I, State's an eleven. I think it'll make. I think the first weekend of the tournament, it's gonna and, be and this probably means it won't. I think it's going to be wide open because there are there's always upsets anyway. And I think this year there's going to be a lot of those four four thirteens, five twelves, yeah, six ten, six elevens, where the eleven, yeah, and you'll see by the betting lines that there there won't be a whole lot to choose. And that doesn't mean the sixes won't win. Right. I'm just saying is, um, I don't think that maybe this is the year. Well, we've already had a sixteen beat a one that happened two years ago. But I mean, yeah, and that having been said, because when everybody does their brackets this year. You know, most people always usually put two or three number ones into the Final Four. This will be the year where nobody puts ones into the Final Four, and then three of them will wind up getting there. You know, because Baylor will turn out to be legit, Gonzaga will turn out to be legit, and maybe Kansas won't choke. Duke, by the way, was the national champion a couple years ago. In 15? 15. Who was champion 14 then? That was UConn. That was the Kevin. Oh, right, 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 right. And Louisville, I think, was 13. I'm almost sure Louisville yes. was 13. Yeah, okay. In Atlanta. Yes. Where it's back this year. Yeah. Oh, that's where it's at in Atlanta? Yeah, it's back in Atlanta. In the new building. 
Oh, oh Christ! I lose, I lose track, Kevin. I can't keep up with buildings or names. But Duke, Duke beat Wisconsin, who had been Kentucky. Remember with, right? Yeah, right. If uh, the interesting thing is, if if God, if, if if one of your teams gets there, you know, that's not a bad. I mean, it's easy to get to Atlanta. A lot of flights, a lot of even to drive. I mean, you can get in your car. It's, I mean, it's 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 like fourteen hours. But you know, I've done stranger things than that. Maybe it'll be a sort of it'll be interesting because you're right. I, I don't sense, you know, we're a month away from this really game. There's not like Dickie Vitale saying, no, nobody can beat the Dukies. Yeah, it, there's, it's not one of those years, which might mean Duke might win the damn thing. I, yeah, I mean, they're a pretty good team. They're it's just not the Duke that we think of when we think even Kansas like there's not well, that all of them come in and lay an egg against Nova. Well, they always do, though. Nova beats him all the time. There's there's no there's no those two or three teams. I know I'm I know I'm I'm to me Bill Self's one of the most overrated coaches in America. Hey, but that's he, he still shouldn't have a title because Calipari gave him that title in 08 mm-hmm. when they didn't foul. But hey, like, hey, look, it's when you coach a school like Kansas, you're going to coach a lot of winning teams because that's well, that's kind of like I mean, he won like 14 straight Big Eight titles. I can't knock the guy for that. But he's lost a lot of times early in the tournament. But then again, so is Villanova. But then they've won two titles. So, you know. Being Kansas both times. Yes. And you, <laughs> I mean, UNC, you know, Roy's going to have your, you know, you're going to have a year every once in a while. They don't this have is a, Roy's, this will be Roy's first year unless they run the table. Yeah. Oh, they're not going to run the table. No, but it, unless they run the it's table. It's only Carolina's second non-winning season in it's 50, his, 58 years. It's his first in, in yeah. coaching. Right. The other one was Matt Doherty. In like the early nineties or mid nineties or whenever he took over, and they have Roy Curson. Yeah, that's you know what? That's <laughs> Roy's frustrated. He's an old man. Roy's not young. He don't know how to handle this. It's 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 a new thing. It's you know, and it, it it's not an easy place to not win either. No, and 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 he doesn't. I don't blame him for being nuts. You know, you're ten and sixteen at North Carolina. You're nuts. That's. Pretty much the legacy. There was actually a great picture on Twitter uh, put out by Muffet McGraw at Notre Dame. And Muffet's having a rough year, too. Hey, UConn women are having a rough year. Yeah, but Muffet, Muffet puts up her and, her, and, her and Roy Williams, like, hugging after the game last night at Notre Dame. And, like, yeah. you know, uh, we're consoling each other, you know. Sure. Like, and she and she tagged Steve Kerr and went, Steve, you're welcome in. <laughs> I mean, us. things are happening to UConn. And I thought, look, I'm not a big Geno fan. I just think he's there's things I don't like about him, but then there's things I do like about him. He'll play anybody, anywhere, whatever. And he's gotten clocked a few times this year. And he stood up at the one press conference. He said, "Don't you guys ever like give the other team credit for just beating us?" Because the questions are always, "What did you do wrong?" And he's oh, yeah. like, "No, they 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 beat us. Like they were." You know. Here's the other thing too. And before we say goodbye for the night, and uh, we're back on Thursday. By the way, uh, we're hoping to have a special guest. Um. I have to check with her to see if she's around. Uh, but the one thing looking at this tournament, every year it seems like there's a def- a player. You know, you talk about teams and that. There's only one player I think that kind of makes the the hair on your on your arm stand up when you see him. And he plays at Dayton, and Toby Toppin. Yeah, the guy at Seton Hall is pretty good. Uh, I don't know. He's. I mean, people think he's really good. He could be a national. Player, player your candidate. I'm, I'm not sure he's better than the guy from Dayton. There's a couple others too. 
I'm trying to remember because I, I see, you know, you see so many, you see so many highlights all the time. You try to pay attention to it, but you're, it's not like John Morant or, I mean, last year we had Zion. Yeah. You know, who by yeah, the Zion who, M. Morant, who, who, who by the way, year. is really good. Yes. Like all these people are trying, and I don't know what his health's going to be. Or like, well, you know, maybe Zion's overrated. Overrated? Are you? He's Charles Barkley squared. What's wrong? <laughs> he's he's played like ten games and he's always like and Jean Morant is like really good. Um, I don't know. I don't know who those players are this year. Kevin, you're right. I I don't because the big teams don't have like a big star. Right. I mean, kind of. Um, I see. I I think star power sells. I do like, too. I think the tournament sells itself in the sense it's you know it's the bracket it's all this the gambling. It's it's yeah, but the bracket it's got the perfect bracket that they try to screw up by putting pods and stuff but anyway it's got the bracket and um but usually there's like three or four guys you sit there and go you know the all-american team whatever the all-american team is you know it's these guys and and oh by the way too they just josh hart's playing pretty good yes i always like josh mm-hmm. i always maybe the best thing was getting traded from but he 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 looks like he's having a good time playing with zion good for there's him no, there's no pressure playing for them right now that's true that very good point but I think they're do- they they got they're going to make the playoffs. I think, which I think would be tremendous for the NBA. We'll get creamed by the Lakers and the Clippers, but hey, tremendous for the, the NBA, NBA, especially with him missing the first half, half, the half of the season. Um, yeah, and I hope the Grizzlies make the playoffs. Because, or is it? Would it be the Grizzlies or the Pels? Like, are they are they going for the eighth spot? You're making me go. To I'm the making web. you go. So but you do it so fast. See, so you you the Grizz might because they're both in the Western Conference, to- right? You have Lenardi's number, by the way. I used to, but Girardi would have it. Memphis, and uh, it would be the Memphis or the uh, or the Pels. Or the Pels. So there, so or the Blazers or the Spurs. So both Ja and and um, Zion could make the playoffs. Me- Mev- well, no, no. Memphis is eighth, right? The Pels are or nine. Are no, are eleven. They're that, but how many games back are they? S- Five and a half. It's that. See, they made it sound on TV the other night that they, that six. They were, okay, then I then I stand corrected. They made it sound like the Pels were close. No, so they're, okay. they're five and a half back. Yeah, well, that's not no. That's not twenty three and thirty two. Okay, no, that's my that's my bad then. But they're they're behind New Orleans and they're behind Memphis has a four game lead on the final okay. uh, spot. Okay, yeah. Um, and by the way, Sixers as we stand here fifth. Uh, in the East, game and a half behind Miami, and a game, Miami has a game in hand. So, my prediction and is Boston, that, and Boston four and a half back. My half prediction back is that they're going to catch Miami and not catch Boston, but come close. Well, then you end up playing Miami in the first round. But they have the home four court. Five. Though. Yeah. They'd have the home court. Yeah. I, my, that's just my. I, I just think I don't think they're going to catch Boston. I think, and and of course, what that means is. You'd play the Bucks in round two if you want. Likely, yeah. I think the Bucks are going to be the top seed. Well, yeah, I mean. I don't think anybody's catching the Bucks. Toronto will probably beat Brooklyn. Um, do they reseed in the NBA? That's what I'm trying to remember. I don't think they do. No. No, I think the NHL reseeds. Yeah. Uh, or they did. Or they did. So I, it'll be Toronto, Brooklyn right now. Uh, Indiana, Boston. That'll be an interesting series. They're all interesting in the East. Miami and except Miami for and the whoever Sixers. the Bucks are playing, whoever the AC Orlando. Is. 
Uh, yeah, well, that one. Hey, you see Markel Fultz made the All-Star game? That's great. That's, <laughs> only only the Sixers could screw that up like that. They, it's, it's three of them. Forgotten in this is that they took three guys in the first round in the top five picks that never, and that's okay. They batted 400. And the two they got are pretty good, even though they're having trouble coexisting with each other. But they had five picks mm-hmm. in the top five, I believe. Yeah. Five straight years. Yep. Three of them turned out to be, and, and the two big guys, I understand why they took them. Not false. You can't screw up that one. You can't screw up the number one pick. When you trade up to get it. You can't. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. You just, you, you can't. But, hey, life goes on. You know, everybody tells me they're going to make a playoff run. I hope they're right. I hope they do make a playoff run. But if they've got to play the Bucks in round two, I wouldn't bet money on Brett Brown's future. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, Thursday, we're back here. We're hoping to have a Sixers guest. Uh, I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Monday, we're back here again after that with uh, Robbie Ellis. Okay. And uh, then the following Thursday. And then uh, we may have a surprise in two weeks. Whatever. Okay. Uh, This may be a road show. Tell me where I'm going before I No, you you may be here and I may be on the road. You think I'm going to operate this? No, I will operate. You're going to take all this on the road. I'm thinking about it. I'm just going to take the the one you were telling me about. Hey, you do whatever makes you happy, but if it's what I think you're talking about, just go and enjoy yourself. <laughs> Nobody's going to care. And we can take times off. That's on you. But I'm just saying is, no, that, that's that's me talking. But that's, you know, you go where you're going. You go with your son. You have a great time. And then you don't worry about this crap. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for joining us here. This has been Work of the Beat.